Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Uh, Jerry Lynch here from uh, Bare Naked Leaders. So this morning I'm talking to Kate Morton. So Kate Morton is a very successful leader, has gone, gone from agency world to uh, client side, to sales, from marketing, uh, to general management, and now setting up on her own uh, business in terms of leadership coaching. So she tells some great stories around her leadership journey uh, her doubts and fears. She's a perfectionist, so you'll, you know, if you're a perfectionist, you'll, you'll hear a perfectionist leader and some of the uh, challenges that come with that. You'll also hear about the, if you've ever heard that voice in your head that says, I'm not good enough. Kate's had that all through her career. So uh, how that's affected her and how she's managed to minimize that uh, recently. Uh, or listen to it and, and ignore it is, uh, is the other side of it. So yeah, let's, so let's hear from Kate Morton. So good morning um, and welcome to Bare Naked Leaders and I've got uh, with me this morning Kate Morton. So Kate, um, I've worked with Kate for many years at Mars, she's now on her own doing leadership coaching um, and I'll hand over to Kate and just uh, welcome Kate and uh, tell me a little bit about your, your journey to, to where you are now. Yeah, so um, thanks very much for having me Jerry. it's great to be here. Um, so my journey, um, well I grew up here in Auckland, um, went off to university at Canterbury um, and then I was pretty desperate to leave the shores of New Zealand so off to Canada I went skiing and then a short stint in London and then I wanted to get started on my career so um, at that point I moved to Sydney and I started my um, career with DDB in Sydney and I was with them for a couple of years then decided I needed to be a bit closer to the action and wanted to be in the marketing on the client side. So I moved to Wrigley, which was uh, then bought a few years later by Mars, since becoming part of Mars. Um, and I did a short stint in uh, Chicago with Mars, uh, with Wrigley, sorry, um, on the marketing side, then came back and then I very re reluctantly moved into a sales role and I said I would do it for a year. And um, I didn't do it for a year, I did it for, I don't know, maybe seven or eight years, <laughs> a lot longer than that. Um, and so I ran Woolworths and Coles in, uh, in Australia and then, um, <clears throat> and then they asked me to move to New Zealand and to come to New Zealand and run Wrigley in New Zealand. So that was very exciting because I, I wanted to move home um, and it was a great, exciting job to come to. So I moved, I moved back to New Zealand, um, did that job um, and then children started turning up so I had two children and then um, came to work with you at Mars um, as the sales director and so yeah I had these great roles mm. and many of them ended up being in sales which was not how I intended it to be um, but what I had was this undercurrent um, through my 20s and into my early 30s and when I had kids um, it only became more striking and that undercurrent was of, of exhaustion and before I had kids it sort of it was okay because I had the weekends to recover but once you have kids suddenly you have no time to recover and um, so I found myself you know really struggling and I got to the point uh, just over two years ago where I, I, I was just so tired and I wasn't living my life and I felt that I needed to, to leave so um, this was the I thought it was the biggest decision I'd ever made at the time but I was exhausted I mean I just had no quality of life because I was just surviving to get through the weeks and then not really enjoying the time with my kids who were 
you know, toddlers at that time because I was tired. I just wanted to lie on the couch and sleep. Mm. And so, um, so I decided to leave and I was devastated because I'd been with Mars for 14 years. I loved the company. I loved what I was doing. I had great prospects. I was really well regarded, but I, I had no quality of life and I just wanted to, I wanted to lead a better life and I didn't know how long it would take for me to, to find that. So it felt mm. like the only, the only thing I could do was to leave. So how, how did that feel at the time? So you obviously, you said devastated. I mean, that's quite a, that's quite a big uh, emotional statement to make and you're exhausted. What, you know, talk to me about what's going through your mind at the time, what worries and concerns, you know, you were going through. Yeah, well, I just thought, you know, I'm in the prime of my life and I mm. want to, I don't want to, you know, I was kind of in the getting through each week and then getting to each holiday and spending my holidays needing to recover rather than really enjoying it. And I felt like, actually, I'm not enjoying my kids. I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm just, I'm just surviving and it mm. wasn't enjoyable. <clears throat> and I felt like there has to be more to life than this. Um, but also there was more to it than that. You know, I was, I had, you know, I had a high pressure job and I was working hard, but I didn't work excessively long hours because I, you know, I didn't want to. I had young mm. children that I wanted to be at home with while they were awake and those waking hours aren't, aren't that long. Um, but what was going on was um, there was actually, it was the voice in my head that was mm. the challenge. And the voice in my head was telling me that I was never good enough and that I could have done more or should have done better or could have done this and could have done that. And that voice was exhausting me. Mm. And so, and it was kind of putting me in this state of almost like a perpetual anxiety. Mm. And I had so much criticism for myself and, uh, and what I did and how I did it. And despite kind of <clears throat> every piece of evidence to the contrary in terms of how my career was going and the feedback that I was getting and the results I was getting, the voice inside my head was telling me, not good enough, not good enough, not mm. good enough. And it was this constant drive and this, you know, when I think back now, it was a constant source of pain. Yeah. And it was awful living like that. Wow. I yeah, was, yeah, I was very, um, I was unhappy. And so I left, I left Mars and... Were, were people surprised? You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, because obviously, you know, you feeling like this, but um, were people surprised and shocked by that? Yes, yeah, because yeah. I think all of us are so accustomed to putting on such a brave face and yeah. that was what I had done forever. And I, you know, I felt like, I felt the exhaustion for a long time, you know, probably since my mid-twenties. Yeah. And I had also heard the voices for a long time, the not good enough voice for a long time. And, yeah. and it, um, yeah, people were shocked because I, you know, I put on this persona of yeah. everything's wonderful and um, I don't know how, but I have a remarkable ability to demonstrate calm on the outside when it's great, great, maybe playing poker, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I haven't discovered that talent quite yeah. yet. Um, but you know, when on the inside, actually things were really tough, and so people were shocked, and even people that were close to me, they were, they were really taken aback by that decision. Yeah. 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 What was what was it like stepping out of that into you know probably a bit of unknown, you know? Oh, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. Um, you know, I I gave Mars a long um, notice period, and I, you know, in that time I had to work through a lot of. The stories that I built up in my head, because I, you know, I created my identity around the job that I had and the yeah. status that came with that, and the money, and walking away from that was all was very, 
very challenging. Mm. Um, you know, who was I if I wasn't the person who worked here with this title and um, and this money coming in? But I, I got to the point where I was choiceless. I just mm. had I I had to do something for myself, and I didn't know what it would look like. Um, and three months into that, having left Mars, thinking, you know, I mean, I know I need to recover, but I don't know how long it will be. Three months into it, I'd also left my marriage. So that mm. was um, that was a big thing to add to what was already mm, a, yeah. a pretty traumatic time. Um, and I think, you know, three months in, I was also thinking, gosh, I don't feel any better. Yeah. You know, and I, I had, you know, what I would describe as, as rest, although when you've been operating at full pace, rest isn't something that is easy to do. Yeah. In fact, it was really challenging and I had to really push myself after I'd got to that point of, you know, three months holiday and I'm still feeling as bad as the day I walked out. Yeah. Um, I had to work out, well, how do I actually rest? How do I take the pressure off myself to just rest? So when you talk about rest, are you talking physical rest or mental rest? Mm, well, it was both right. because my, my body definitely needed to rest and I, I spent a lot of time lying in bed and I mean I, I had two young kids so I had to do the things that I had to do with them but when I when I could rest I needed to rest so being you know not active I, I mean I could not exercise at all I really couldn't even go for a walk um, so doing that physical rest which is boring I mean mm. it, when you're used to living a, a life which you're doing all sorts of exciting things all the time suddenly being in your room or on your couch is, is pretty dull. But mm. I needed it and I knew that I needed it because when I, you know, when I would do too much and in those early days, too much was probably one thing in a day and I yeah. would feel it. I would feel exhausted the next day. But then the mental rest, you know, that's probably where it gets interesting because I, I really had to ask myself, you know, how did I get here? And, you know, when I have everything going for me mm. how did I get into this place where you know my marriage has just ended I've walked away from a company that I've loved and how is it that this not good enough story is so strong that it has has kind of dictated that I get to this point mm. in my life and I really had to go on this this journey and I describe it as um, a journey of self-awareness mm. so I, I mean I thought I was very self-aware and I was probably pretty self-aware at the time but I had to dig way down into the into the deeper layers to really understand who I was and what those stories said about me um, and then reach a place of self-acceptance and you know saying well I was being a chronic perfectionist you know I, I'm I'm good at these things and I'm not good at other things and for once in my life I can be okay with that and it was a hard place to get to because I spent my whole life beating myself up about the things that mm. I wasn't the best at um, but you know, I had to go there and that was where that, that I guess you, you know, mental rest is a great way of thinking about it because on the flip side is mental anxiety, could do more, could do better, could have done that better, should have done that better, mm. oh I'm not good at that, I should be good at that and so getting to a point of self acceptance, this is who I am and this is what I'm good at and this is what I'm not good at is very um, liberating. <laughs> so liberating but it, it sounds easy when you talk about it. How did you how did you get to that place? Because if, you, if there's perfectionists listening, <laughs> you know they'll be saying, you know, I'm I'm like that, and I'm struggling to to get to that place that, that you're at. So yeah, so I had a lot of help. Um, I um, I was on a coaching 
uh, course, which was a lot of professional development, um, sorry, personal development and, and prof professional development. Um, I had my leadership coach who I've been seeing for a long time um, and I, I was seeing other people as well and I was doing a lot of um, a lot of self-reflection I think mm. in the first in that first uh, nine months I think I wrote 150 pages in my journal wow. <laughs> about you know the stuff that was coming up for me what the stories were and once you start to see it on paper and you hear it out loud and you talk aloud about it, you start to realize that some of it's not real. Mm. And you also start to listen to some of the feedback that you've been given. And I, I, I hadn't listened. You know, I've been given great feedback for years. and But I hadn't, my story was so strong that all I could think was they're wrong and I'm right. So you just dismiss it? I just dismissed it. Yeah, mm. I, couldn't, I couldn't receive that feedback. Mm. And I started listening to what people said. And what people said was really kind. And mm. what I think, I now know is that people don't really lie to you. You know, they 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 mm. tell you what they see. Yeah. You know, maybe they don't tell you everything that they see, but they tell you the good things that they see, and it's very powerful. But mm. you have to listen. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and then I think, uh, and then I think once you've got into a place of self acceptance, then you can kind of move into a place of self love and. Mm. People cringe when they hear that. I can almost see yeah. you cringe now. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're in a place of self-love, I think that's where you have compassion for yourself, yeah. for what you are able to do and what you aren't able to do. Um, that's where you start setting appropriate boundaries. I had no boundaries before mm. that because I thought I had to do everything that everyone else wanted me to do. So, you have so what do you mean by boundaries? So, yeah. Well, this is what I can do and this is what I can't do. Right. You know, this is when I'm available, this is when I'm not available. Right. Um, and start to care for yourself as well. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of talk about self-care, but once you have self-love, then self-care comes kind of automatically because, mm. you know, you care about the people you, you love. And yeah. if you love yourself, you will, you know, you will do the things that you know you need and that your body's telling you that you need. And for years, I just dismissed what my body said. My body said, rest, rest, rest. And I thought, no, go, go, go. Yeah. 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 And, and so the voice in the head, is it gone? Is it still there? What's it mm. saying now? Yeah, it's, um, uh, it's probably 10% there. Which right. is, that's, a, that's a big shift. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, but I can hear it when it's there. Right. And I can, I can acknowledge it, and I can listen to what it's saying, and and I know that it's not right. Right. Whereas in the past, I didn't know. I thought it was. I thought that was real. So you just thought it was you. you yeah, I thought you it was me telling you what you needed to do or yep. not do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you become more comfortable with this voice as something that you can take or leave, and not be central to who you are. Hundred percent. I don't get driven by it anymore. Yeah. And. Yeah, sometimes it's interesting because sometimes it is telling you things that you didn't necessarily know about yourself yet. Yeah. And I would say that's the frustrating thing about a journey of self-development is it never ends. And I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. I think I'll always be a perfectionist on some level. And I'd like to get to the end of this journey, but I think it's a lifelong journey. Yeah. Yeah. And the voice does tell you interesting things about you know what you still believe about yourself and your situations. And yeah. Hmm. It's useful in some ways, yeah. but it's only useful if you can have a dialogue with it rather than being driven by it. Yeah, yeah. So you've made quite a big step, you know, jumping out of the corporate world. Good job, good money, good prospects to you know setting up on your own. 
what, what's, what's, what doubts have you got in your mind? What's that voice saying about the future? Yeah, so, I mean, now I'm doing the things that I love doing. Um, mm. And what I'm trying to do is have a lot of faith that, that I'll, I'll be where I'm needed and that I'll end up with uh, um, clients that need to go on, you know, perhaps a similar journey that I've been on that I can really support. Um, the doubts that I have, um, I don't think I doubt whether I, I'll be enough so much anymore. It's probably just quelling the ambition of how quickly, mm. you know, when you're setting up something new. Um, I, I remember I put my website out there and a week later I'm thinking, oh, this is, this is done. <laughs> I'm a failure. <laughs> And then it, it took someone to point out, well, you know, to be fair, Kate, it's been six days and those six days are, um, I can't remember, level three maybe. So it's mm. not exactly your standard six days out of any year. Um, so it's, it's managing, you know, my, my own drive, which is, is always there um, and just allowing the right things to turn up at the right time and with the right pace. Um, mm. And also knowing that I'm still on a, a journey of recovery. It's been 18 months and I feel, I feel better than I've felt as an adult. I, never, I can never recall feeling this great. Um, but I'm conscious of it because I, don't, mm. I never want to go back down that path again. And I want to feel like this all the time. Mm. Um, so I'm very conscious of how much I do and managing my, my schedule so that I don't push myself too hard and, and just noticing when, when do I feel great and when do I feel not so great and why. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting journey and I'm, I'm aware of the doubts because it's very different to what I've done before. Mm. Um, but it's exciting as well, you know, yeah. the, the small wins feel like huge wins. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, as one thing I'm taking out is just that you know, you thought you were self-aware, but you've become a lot more self-aware and just listening to what the, either the voice is saying or what's going on in your life or how you're feeling, mm. um, rather than trying to put on this persona that um, to the outside world that everything's fine, good, you know, mm. protective layer or whatever you want to call it. Okay, yeah. Um, I want to go back to something you said a little bit earlier, which was around, you know, you've, you've, you've gone through a number of changes in your career, you know, an agency world to a corporate world to you know, marketing to sales. So you said reluctantly, a couple of times, reluctantly went into sales. Um, so for people who are going through a career and, you know, some people might think there's a, there's a perfect line straight up to the CEO's role. Um, what was going through your mind, you know, because you obviously went into sales, you were reluctant. What, what's that, what was that argument going on in your head at that time? Well, I always had a story about sales that um, that you needed to be a certain type of person, and and I I wasn't that type of person. You know, I wasn't mm. really. I'm not extroverted. I'm not you know really demanding and pushy. Um, you know, my early career, I'd always get feedback that I needed to be more assertive. So I'm thinking, well, how could I ever be in sales if I need to push myself yeah. to be more assertive? And I had a, a, a defined goal in mind at that time, and you know, this is in my mid-twenties, and I wanted to be the marketing director. And I was told at the time that to be the marketing director, I needed to do a year in sales, which is great advice. Um, I'm glad, certainly glad that I did, and I think it would have made me a great marketing director. But as it turned out, I brought something to sales that um, other salespeople didn't have, and I was, I was very, successful in my sales roles and I was promoted very quickly but I think 
you know, having that definition of I want to be the marketing director actually held me back from seeing what other possibilities there were and yeah. what other experiences you could have. And I had amazing experiences in sales and I would never have been able to do the, the regularly New Zealand country manager role if I hadn't, I hadn't been in sales. I couldn't have done that anywhere near as well as I did it if I'd come from marketing. I just wouldn't have had the, the background and the information. So I think being open-minded to the experiences that are provided to you um, and the people that you can work with, because in sales um, at that time in Australia, I worked with amazing people who, you know, really made me the the, the person that I want that I am today. Mm. So I'm very grateful. So you you just never know kind of yeah. where your path takes you and who you meet along the way and and where it can go. And I think that pre-definition is not super helpful. Yeah, well, I think I, I mean it's good. I I think there is a bit of courage in there that you've shown throughout your career making these steps you know, into sales, out of the agency, into your own, maybe you don't give yourself credit for. And I think it's something for younger leaders to, you know, to think about is, you know, you might not know what that other role is going to give you, but um, if you never do it, you, you're never going to find out and you, you know, you might be pigeonholing a certain function. So I think there is, you know, life, life isn't linear and sometimes you've got to step out into the unknown and and just be open to what life's going to uh, give you in that unknown. So. Oh, 100%. And I, um, because I'm the kind of person that I am, I, I still give myself mid-year reviews. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and it's been fascinating How are you me. doing? I'm doing well. <laughs> I just gave myself my, a mid-year review just the other day. And I, I, it's amazing to me what can be learned. You know, I, I've been so focused on my career, and I thought, well, you know, I'll take a year off or whatever, however long off. And I won't, you know, I won't achieve anything in that time. And yet, you know, in the three six-month blocks that I've done, I've had major achievements, mm. and they're, you know, they're way beyond work because the success is is way beyond what you do at work. There's yeah. a lot more to life, and there are a lot of experiences that I've gained from time off that I would never have had yeah. in an organisation. Yeah. So yeah, you think it might be linear, but actually, gosh, you know, the growth that I had in a year off was more than I would have ever had in, in a corporate role. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fantastic. So tell me about some, um, some leaders that you've had that have really inspired you and, and, and what you've taken from those people. Mm. So I worked for a guy in Australia for quite a long time. His name was Shane Bonello and uh, he, he challenged me to the edge of my capability, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not sure I've never worked with anyone that was as challenging. But he equally, I knew that he'd always be there to catch me if I fell yeah. and that he wouldn't tell me that I'd failed or distance himself from me in any way. You know, he would be there to support me if I fell. And I did a number of times and he was, you know, he was absolutely there to catch me. And the amazing thing about, about Shane was that he, he was able to connect with everyone from a sales rep, merchandiser, to a global president, because he was so real about mm. who he was. And, you know, he shared his his demons with us, maybe not all of them, but, you know, he was open about what was going on for him and what his challenges were. Um, in the time I worked with him, he went from being my peer to being my manager, which is always a, a tough transition for people. And he was open about what that was like. Mm. But equally, he was also... I would say he had very high emotional intelligence because he really demonstrated the full spectrum of emotions and he wasn't afraid to use them and you know I think in the corporate world there's sort of this we all try and walk around like we don't have emotions but of mm. course 
everyone does, it's part of the human condition, but he would use them so effectively in that, you know, when he was angry, he would, he would tell you that he was angry and then you could have a meaningful dialogue about what he was angry about, what he'd seen and, and how, what effect it had on him. And, but equally, you know, when he, was, when he was overjoyed and elated, he would share that with you and it's very powerful. You were certainly never left wondering what, you know, what was he thinking about mm. me or my performance or what I did. And it, and it opened up conversations that were very real. I mean, I can remember sitting in meetings with, with his SLT and he would, uh, he would say, you know, you guys have let me down and you guys have sat around here whinging about whatever the issue of the day was and no one's taken responsibility for it. And it, you know, it really made you think, mm. what have I done? Why did I do that? And what can I do differently? Rather than, you know, having a leader who you, you've got the sense that something's not quite right, but you're, you don't know they what. Ne- they never tell you, yeah. They never yeah. tell you. And yeah. so you think you're sort of left, you know, on the edge of your seat all the time thinking, well, am I, you know, am I meeting their expectations? Am I doing a good job or not? Mm. Um, he was also an amazing storyteller. Um, he, his ability to engage an audience was just second to none because mm. he was real yeah he was yeah it was, it was a phenomenon yeah. yeah right i'm going to give you a superpower now and you're you're it's was call it a time machine so you're going to go back to your early 20s mm. and you're going to give some advice to your younger self so what's what's that advice going to be buy a house in auckland or sydney okay right fair <laughs> enough <laughs> Leadership be. advice, <laughs> not, not uh, house advice. advice. Leadership advice. Um, oh, if I could just tell myself that to trust myself and to know that I'm enough mm. and to know that in my journey of life it will take me to experiences that are good and that are bad, but from all of them something will be gained, something meaningful and powerful, but to all through it know that I'm enough. Mm. I'd, I'd love to know that. I'd just love to know that as a, a person in my early 20s. Um, and probably also to know that there's more to life than success at work. Mm. I, put, I spent my 20s working so hard uh, and, and I missed out on things. And I, I, I shouldn't have. You know, I wish mm. I could go back and, and have some more fun rather than recovering in the weekends from the massive hours that I put in during the week. Um, there's much more, success is more than just work. You know, success mm. is about you as a, as a whole person. And I, I wish I'd known that. Mm. Anyway, I know it now. <laughs> no, that's good. Well, look, I thank you for, uh, for your time. And um, I really wish you success in your future leadership coaching role. I know you do an amazing job. Um, and it, I think it's really, um, just want to thank you for showing the vulnerability you've shown and you know, it shows that you are an authentic leader in terms of what you've, you've put out there. And, and hopefully people will see that from, from listening to your story. So thank you very much, Kate. Awesome, thank you very much, Jerry. Thanks for having me. No worries. So that was Kate Morton. So thanks, Kate. And I think what I took out of that is, um, you know, really, I think many people, including myself, have had that voice in, in your head saying, I'm not good enough. Um, and it doesn't matter how many people tell you uh, that you're doing a great job, you, you just don't listen to it. So I think uh, what I take out really is about just being more self-aware and uh, knowing that you're going to have these doubts, you're going to have these voices in your head, but uh, 
to not always believe them, to, to just be aware of it um, and to listen to others. So if people are telling you you're doing a good job, then actually put more credence in that than sometimes you know, your own voice in your head. So some great advice there for Kate. Um, also just about the difficulties being uh, uh, a really successful leader um, and balancing you know, home life as well. I think that's, that's another one that many leaders struggle with and, and really listening when your energy is low. So, and you know, you can try and drive through and put a brave face on, but I think what I got out from that is, you know, actually listening and taking action um, early and, uh, and not just um, putting on a face for others. So that was Kate Morton. If you want to uh, find out more about Kate, she's got a website, thetransformationspace.co.nz. Uh, if you're interested in leadership coaching, she's a great leadership coach and I'd recommend her. Um, if you want uh, to give me feedback, my email address is jerry at realleadershipnz.co.nz. Give me feedback on the podcast or anything else. I, I do quite a bit of work around helping businesses in um, improving their strategy and also improving their culture. So if you need any help in that area, don't hesitate to give me a call. Have a great day and we'll talk soon.